in life. Our mindset matters. How we think shapes how we live. Many of us, we have dreams and desires, but our thinking stands in the way of how we can move forward in life. Many of us, we struggle because we have a fixed mindset. We seem to think that our past determines our present and our future. A fixed mindset is the belief that we can't seem to advance, we can't seem to move forward because of what people have said about us in the past or the talents that we don't have. We look at other people on social media and, and, and online or even at work or even here at church and we begin to compare ourselves and say, I'm not them and because I'm not them, I can't move forward. But I believe God wants us today to adopt a growth mindset, a different perspective, a belief that we can become better, that we can advance in life. And I'm praying today that God would unlock that belief for better because better is possible. With God, better is possible. And we need to invite him into our mind and into our heart and into our lives and ask him to help us advance, to help us move forward. If we're willing to adopt a growth mindset, we can and we will move forward. Now, I want to reassure you, it's not about perfection because only God is perfect, but we can seek progress. We can look to get 1% better each day. We can change our mind. We can renew our mind. We can renew our thinking. I don't know if you know this, but every day after you sleep, when you wake up, God gives you 700 new neurons in your brain. Those, those neurons have not been defined yet. And how we think allows us to create new connections and new life and new hope and new thinking. And so I'm inviting each one of us to take the 700 new neurons that we have today to think differently about God and about life and about our future. In fact, I believe that God doesn't want us just to settle for better. I think he wants us to go beyond better. In fact, that's the, the title of today's message, Beyond Better. Beyond Better. I want to invite you to say it with me. Beyond Better. Say it from your spirit. Beyond Better better. God has a beyond better for each one of us. Often what happens in life is that we achieve some level of success and then we stop. Has that ever happened to you? You set a goal and then you reach it and then you stop moving forward. That's a fixed mindset. But if we're willing to allow God to give us a growth mindset, we begin to ask new questions. Questions like, God, how much can I grow? God, how far can I go with you? If we're willing to adopt that, I believe that we can have a beyond better life and we don't have to wait till next year. We can have it right here, right now, right in this moment. But we need to invite God who is the beyond better into our life to help us move forward. I wanna invite you to join me in Ephesians chapter three. We're gonna, we're gonna start in verse 17. We're gonna look at the words of, of Paul, a first century believer in Jesus who even though he faced enormous hardship, he still had this belief, this unwavering optimism that we all could have a beyond better life. I wanna invite you to open up your Bible, open up your Westover app. And as I've reminded you all, reminded all of us before, at the end of that uh, app experience, we have a life group experience that you can use to discuss 
about how each one of us, we can have a beyond better life. You can use it with your life group. You can use it with your coworkers. You can use it with your family to help you and I, how we can all become better and go beyond better. But let's look at the word of God together. Verse 17, Ephesians chapter three. This is Paul's prayer for us. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love, He's talking about community. He's talking about being connected. He's talking about us being part of a faith family. He says that all of you may, be, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Why? To know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled, say filled, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then he ends, now to whom? To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Paul has this unwavering belief that we can go beyond better. He's inviting us to believe the same as well. Are we willing today to believe that we can go beyond better? I pray that each one of us would allow this to reside in our hearts. Because if we have a fixed mindset, we'll believe that we can't move forward. But if we let God transform our mind and transform our thinking, we can move forward. Today, I want to share with you two truths about God, about how we can go beyond better. Here's the first one. We need to realize that God's immeasurably more is found in we, not me. I want to invite you to say it with me. Let it get in your spirit. God's immeasurably more is found in we, not me. Say it with me. God's immeasurably more is found in we, not me. Here's what I mean. Many of us, we look at our own success. We make plans at work. We want to accomplish this. We want to earn this kind of income. We want to live in this specific kind of house. And yes, that's all good. We need to have goals to pursue but I, I believe that God wants to do the immeasurably more through all of us together, through the unity of the church. There's something that God intends for his church, which he views as his bride, how we collectively can do something for him and for his glory and for his kingdom and to advance a world that's lost. God's immeasurably more is found in we, not me. It's not about what we can do ourselves, it's what God can do through us together. And this is what Paul's talking about in verses 17, 18, and 20. And I've added a word in the, in, in the verse to help us understand what the word you is. It says this, and I pray that you all, because this word in the original language is plural. It means you all. Now, if I was reading out of the TBV, which is the Texas Believers Version, it would be y'all, or maybe all y'all. But if it was the Canadian version, it'd be you guys. This is what Paul is saying. And I pray that you all being rooted and established in love may have power, what? Together with all the Lord's holy people. And then he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work, where? Within us. God's power can and will flow when we are unified as his church. 
I want to tell you a little bit about some horses, some Belgian draft horses. For centuries, these horses have been used to do heavy work. Why? Because they are friendly and because they're very powerful. Belgian draft horses have been used for centuries to pull plows and to move heavy lumber and to pull heavy carts because they have the power to make things move. One horse can pull 8,000 pounds. But if you put two horses together, they can pull much more. Now, many of us, if we think about it just mathematically, we'll think that one plus one equals two. We would naturally assume that these horses could pull 16,000 pounds together. But actually, the number is much higher. They can actually pull 24,000 pounds together because there's power in them being connected and harnessed together. But you know that power goes up when these horses have been trained together. If you take two horses and you train them together, what happens is they don't just pull 24,000 pounds, they pull 32,000 pounds together. But have you ever wondered what happens when two horses are trained together and they happen to be brothers? Two horses that are brothers that are trained together can pull 40,000 pounds. Why? Because they've done life together. Because they've been raised together. Because they have confidence in one another. Because they're not fighting with one another. They're not competing with one another. They're working together. And I believe that in this natural example of horses, there is a spiritual lesson for each one of us. And it's simply this, is that when we as brothers and sisters in Jesus can come together and agree to work for the king, we can move mountains. This is what God can do through us. Just imagine what God can do through us. I believe that the immeasurably more that God wants to accomplish in our lives and in this church and in our community can happen through us if we're unified, if we are connected. Why? Because spiritual brothers and sisters are stronger together. God works through unity. God works through a connected church. Someone once said, we are stronger together than we are alone. And I believe it. We are stronger together than we are alone. And this is the reason why the enemy of our souls, Satan, wants to divide us. He wants to divide the church. Why? Because if he can divide us, he can destroy us. This is why the enemy uses things in the culture to separate the church. Political affiliation, social issues. If he can divide us there, he can divide the church. Why? Because a divided house struggles to stand. In fact, this is what Jesus says in Matthew 12, 25. He says this, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Satan loves a divided church. This is why we have to be very careful about where our allegiance is. Many of us, we say we're, we're aligned and we have our allegiance to Jesus Christ. But sometimes what we do during the week betrays that. Some of us, we are more vocal in person 
or on social media about our political views or our views on social issues than we are about Jesus, his word, and the church. I'm not making a political statement here. I'm speaking as a pastor, and I'm calling us higher. God is calling us to be aligned and have our greatest allegiance to the king and his interests. Because it is when we are aligned and we have our primary allegiance to him that we have unity and power. This is why the world and the enemy wants to co-opt the church and this platform. I'm here to tell you as a pastor that this platform is not for sale. This platform is not for sale. It belongs to the king. And this platform... And this place, this house, will be a house that's aligned to the king and his interests. We're going to make sure that this church remains a place where people can hear the, the full gospel of Jesus Christ, can hear the truth with no spin, no filter, none of that at all. Why? Because this needs to be a place where people can hear from God, not hear about political pandering or some other social issue. We can speak about those things from the perspective of God's word, but nothing else. We're not here to advance any person's political affiliation or any kind of social issue from the perspective of the world. We're here to advocate for the king, and we will do it. We will do it. If he can divide us, he can destroy us. Therefore, we must hold tightly to God, the church, each other, and his truth, which is God's word. And we must hold loosely to our opinions, our perspectives, our beliefs, what the world has to say. Hold fast to God and hold loosely to the world. Why does Satan hate unity? He hates unity because God empowers a unified church. God empowers and works through a unified church. When we are unified, we are more powerful together. And I believe that if we're unified under him, he's going to help us accomplish his purpose. For you see, a divided world needs a unified church. Yep. A divided world needs a unified church. They need a place where they know that they can come and be connected to the king. Paul speaks clearly about unity in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. This is what he says, and I want you to listen carefully. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. It doesn't mean that we have to be all the same, because unity doesn't mean uniformity. We're all different. We're in different generations. We're from different ethnic backgrounds. There's male and female. There's young. There's less young. <laughs> but we're all connected under him. I believe that God wants to leverage our collective unity to accomplish his interest and his purpose. And this is what Paul's talking about, that God's power would be at work within us. Imagine what God could do through us. The way we're going to do it here at Westover is we're going to align to the mission of the house. Follow Jesus, love people. I want us to say it together. Say it from our spirit. Follow Jesus, love people. Say it again. Follow Jesus, love people. 
And I've been praying that God would allow us to go beyond better. And, and here are some of the things that we as a team, we've been praying. We've been praying that Jesus would be at the center of every marriage and family this year, every day of, of this year. We're, we're praying that 500 families would make church attendance a priority every weekend. We're praying that 400 people will declare their faith in Jesus Christ through water baptism. We're praying that 500 people will be filled with the Holy Spirit and that they would be given a heavenly language. But I also believe that there's some things that we can do together. I believe that we can invite people to church and they can come to know Jesus. I'm praying that 4,000 people get saved this year. I'm praying also that we together would invite people to get connected in faith community so much so that 300 people or more would get connected to life groups. I believe that we can champion faith in the next generation so much so that revival breaks out and that a hundred students are called into ministry. I believe that God can help us come together collectively and that we can feed 2,000 kids next year because of our generosity this year. I also believe that we collectively as we capture the heart of God, we can give $1.5 million to world missions and local missions to make a kingdom impact. And I also believe that because of the growth that will happen in the church, that soon, very soon, we'll need to start a third service on Sunday morning. Why? Because there's more people he wants to reach. He calls us to seek and save the lost, to make disciples, to fully pursue the king, to pursue his presence. And I believe that's something that we can do together. The immeasurably more can happen amongst us and in our lives and through our lives. And we're intended to be a lighthouse to the world. If that doesn't get us excited, I don't know what will. There's something that God is dreaming for our lives and for our future, Westover. Our best days are yet to come, but only if we allow him to work within us. Brings us to the second truth that helps us experience beyond better. We need to realize that God's blessings flow when love overflows. I wanna invite you to say it with me. God's blessings flow when love overflows. Here's what I mean. God's blessings flow to us when God's love overflows through us. When we allow the love of God to enter our heart and then overflow, what happens is God says, I can trust that person because they let God's love flow in their life and through their life. And because of that, I can bless them. Not about you, but I want God's blessing. I want the full measure of the blessing of God that he can provide to each one of us. He's saying, will you just allow me to overflow in your life? And this is what Paul is talking about in verses 17 through 19. He says, I pray, he's earnestly praying. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may know this love that surpasses knowledge. This is the knowledge of who Jesus is. This is about having Jesus in your heart. He is the love we need. He is the love that we need. But then he goes on to say that you may be what? May be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now I want to unpack this very last statement in verse 19 because there's a lot of words there and sometimes we can just read the words and say, oh, I don't understand what that means and we can gloss over and move forward. 
But I think there are some very profound truths that can be found in this final verse, this final part of this verse. He says, I'm praying not only that you fully know the love of God, but that you would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What Paul is saying here is, I want God to fill you not to your capacity, but to God's capacity. Let me explain. When it comes to God's love and God's blessings, we think in terms of gallons and God thinks in terms of oceans. We think in terms of gallons, he thinks in terms of oceans. His measuring capacity is different. We're thinking on a completely different scale. He wants to fill us to the full measure of who God is. Some of you may be wondering, how does God do that? How can he fill us to the full measure? We look at our life and we see our limited capacity. We wonder, how can God fill me to the full measure? I'll share with you how. It's by accepting Jesus in your life. Even though we have limited capacity, God has unlimited capacity. And when we welcome, in our, we welcome him in our hearts, what happens is he brings the immeasurably more, the full capacity of who God is. For you see, God, he's not like us. He's not limited by time, space, or capacity. He can both be larger than the universe and small enough to inhabit our hearts. And so we welcome him into our hearts. He can fill us to the full measure of who God is. But then Paul also in this verse tells us a little bit about what we can expect if we're willing to let God's love overflow in our life and we're able to experience the fullness of God. And what the fullness of God is, it's simply this. It is the same idea as I shared recently about the glory of God. The fullness of God and the glory of God are the same. The fullness of God and the glory of God are the same. The fullness of God is this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is strength, capacity, endurance. It is wisdom, insight, and discernment. It is creative capacity, innovation, spiritual vision, anointing, empowerment, favor, and more, 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 and more. Exceedingly, abundantly, immeasurably more. This is the fullness of God, and this is what he wants to provide to us. There's no limit about what God can provide to us if he can get within us. He needs to move in our life. But you know that the fullness he wants to provide to us isn't just to bless us, it's also to bless others. I want you to take a look at 1 Thessalonians 3.12. They're going to bring it up. Says this, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. The love that God wants to give us isn't just for the people that are around us, but it's for the world. He wants God's love to overflow in our life. There's something that He wants to do in our life and through our life. So if you want God's beyond better blessings to flow to you, allow God's love to overflow through you. Today, I wanna challenge your thinking. And I wanna invite you, even right now, are you willing to have an open mind? I'm, I'm asking if you're willing to, because God wants to challenge our thinking today. Here's some questions. 
What if some of the overflow blessings you received recently are not for you? God's blessed you. But what if some of them are not for you? What if God has earmarked either some or all of that blessing you just received for someone else? If that hits you a little off, I'm inviting you to examine your heart. We all need to. We all need to ask God to check our heart. What if that bonus or that income tax refund or that extra car you have isn't meant for you but for someone else? I pray that we would be open-handed with our stuff and we would hold fast to God. He's inviting us to not be owned by stuff but to be owned by him. One of the Ten Commandments is don't have any other idols before me. Have nothing in the way of me. Have nothing that's more important than me. Now, for some of us, it's real practical. Some of us, we need to realize that that extra piece of cheesecake that the waiter brought is not for you. You need to hand it to someone else. Sometimes the blessing is not a blessing. I see some of us, we need to not eat that second blessing. Now, when it comes to blessings we receive, too many of us, we ask this question. What do I need to do with my stuff? And I think it's the wrong question. Some of us, we have the wrong assumption. Here's my question. Is the stuff you have really your stuff? Or is it God's? Here's some things to think through. Who gave you the mind to think? Who gave you the physical capacity to work? Who opened the door for you to have that job after months and months of not having a job? Who is the person who moved on the heart of your boss to give you the promotion or the raise that you recently got? Of course, the answer is God did. And God, I'm here to tell you something about him. He has this uncommon belief that everything belongs to him. In fact, he says it right here in Psalm 24, verse 1. He says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. All that we have and all that we are belong to him. Everything belongs to him, but there are some moments where he hasn't taken possession yet of the thing that he already owns. Why? Because... Between God and us, there is a barrier called free will that God doesn't cross. Free will gives us the power to choose what we will do or what we won't do. What we will give to God and what we won't give to God. And here's what I'm here to tell you is that because you have free will, you don't have to give anything to God. You have that choice. But here is what I want to caution us is that God can't bless what we don't put in his hands. He wants to bless it, but he can't. When it's not in his hands, he can't multiply it. All of the miracles of multiplication involve someone giving either their life or something and putting, in their, putting it in God's hands. Remember the story of the, the five loaves and two fish? That little boy had to give the five loaves and two fish for Jesus to multiply it. Some of us were praying for for multiplication in our business to double. Some of us are praying for a multiplication in our paycheck. Some of us are praying for a multiplication 
for more kiddos. Some of you are saying, no, 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 I don't want that blessing. (laughs) I'm happy with the kids that I have. I'm not ready to go back to diapers. I almost have them all the way graduated. You know, sometimes we block our blessings by holding on too tightly to the world and to our stuff. Don't let stuff like possessions or financial wealth be a stumbling block in your faith. Give everything to God. And if you're willing to give everything to God, he'll give you everything and more. He'll take what you put in his hands and he'll multiply it. He can do it. When we put it in his hands, he creates the immeasurably more. So how do we give him everything? We give him everything by plowing our heart. Pray, listen, and obey, and expect that God wow. Pray, listen, and obey, and expect that God wow. Pray, listen, and obey, and expect that God wow. Say it with me. Pray, listen, and obey, and expect a God wow. But we must do the first three steps to get the fourth. You don't get the wow if you don't pray, listen, and obey. We need to do all three. We need to allow God to speak to us. We need to be able to pray to him and say, God, what do you want me to do? And listen, let me give you a prayer that we all can pray that'll help us experience the God wow. It's praying a prayer simply like this. God, I need your help. I need you to move in my life. I need you to help me advance. I give you all of my life and all that I am. It all belongs to you. God, and then you ask this question. God, what do you want me to do with what belongs to you? I'm going to say it again because this is a powerful question. And if we're willing to ask God the right question, he'll give us the right answer. God, what do you want me to do with what belongs to you? So here's my question. What does God want you to do with what belongs to him that's in your hands? Whatever he says for you to do, do it. Just do it. Just move forward with it. Does he want you to start family devotions together? Does he want you to cut back at work? Does he want you to spend more time with your family? Does he want you to put away your phone so you can actually dial into what your kids are saying? What is he speaking? Is he saying, hey, I want you to step in and begin to serve at church or maybe in a community organization? Or maybe he's saying, I want you to invest your heart as a coach or maybe step into kids and student ministry and encourage kids and students who come from a single parent home who don't have a positive influence other than that one parent. What is God asking you to do? Maybe it's to finally trust him and be generous financially. Maybe it's to finally step in and give the full tithe and experience the profound joy of honoring God and and not stealing from him what, what actually belongs to him. Or maybe he's saying, I want you to go above and beyond and be generous and just trust me at my word. Here's what you'll discover in life. If you are responsible and you're in charge, you're responsible for the results. But if God is in charge, he is responsible for the results. So whatever he speaks after you've prayed, if you're willing to listen and obey, you'll never lack. God will always make sure you have enough. Some of us, we have this perspective, God, if I give this to you, I'm going to end up with less. But God says, if you're willing to do what I ask and give what I'm asking you to give, I can replenish that and give you more because I know I can trust you. It's a matter of trust. It's a matter of faith. And God's saying, are you willing willing to finally trust me? 
Are you willing to finally take the step? Are you willing to move forward? Whatever he says, be willing to do it. Obedience happens through commitments. For you see, we connect through conversations, but we advance through commitments. We connect through conversations, but we advance through commitments. When Danae and I, we first got together, here's what happened. We had a lot of conversation. We talked and we talked and we talked and we talked and we stayed up till one in the morning just to listen to each other breathe. And we had to do that because we were in love. But the other part is that we had nights and weekend minutes. Any of you remember that? There was a time. There was a time when they would nickel and dime you for daytime minutes. So we had to wait till the night or to the weekend to talk. And we'd try to get all of that talking in before we passed out from exhaustion. But there came a point in time in our relationship when commitment wasn't enough, when conversation wasn't enough. She wanted commitment. She wanted the ring. She wanted the car. She wanted the marriage license. She wanted the house. She wanted to own everything. And you know what? Now she does. She owns everything. This is what she says. Everything that's mine is mine and everything that's yours is mine. And all the husbands say amen. They know that that's the gig. She wanted a commitment. For her, conversation wasn't enough. Conversations connect us, but commitments advance us. And the same is true spiritually. God wants to turn our conversations into commitments. And to help you, we've provided you with a commitment card. I'm going to share with you in just a moment about what we want you to do with that. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what I've noticed over the past couple weeks. I've had the opportunity to speak to many of you, and we've had conversations, and you've been talking to us as pastoral staff about what God's speaking to you and how he's challenging you. And many of you, you've put prayer requests up on the better as possible wall in the main lobby. And if you haven't done that, feel free to do that this weekend. And I want to share with you some of the prayers that you all have been praying. Some of you have been praying, God, help me break the generational curses in my family. Someone else prayed, help me be a better man, husband, and father. Someone else prayed, help me spend more time in God's word. Help me make more time for my family. Someone else prayed, help our family win more families to Jesus. Even some of you, you've been praying for healing, praying that God would heal a cyst that's on your liver, or that God would cure depression or anxiety. Even our kids got in on the prayer requests. Here's some of their prayers. And you know what? These prayers are important. One kid prayed, God, help me hit a growth spurt. Some of us are, as adults, we're praying, God, help me get, get a growth spurt this way, but some of us, God's answered it this way. Another kid prayed, God, help me finish middle school. Ain't that the prayer for all parents everywhere and for their kids? And this is my favorite. One kid prayed, I want to be gooder this year. What he's really praying is saying, God, will you do the immeasurably more in me? You know, God hears prayers, but sometimes he answers it through our commitments. For you see, commitments turn prayers into reality. Commitments turn prayers into reality. That's why we've given you this commitment card. 
is because we want you to take those prayers and we want you to make a commitment so God can make those prayers turn from a dream to a reality. We've been praying for you, for you and for your family. We've been praying for you that God would do the immeasurably more, that better would be possible, that you'd really believe it. We want to give you an opportunity today to make a commitment, to say, God, I'm going to step out in faith. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to step out in faith and believe that you're going to do it. And you will do it, God. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you right now to grab the card. And I want you to write down what your commitment is. Write down whatever God's spoken to you. I want you to pray, listen, and obey. And I believe God's going to speak to you what what he wants you to do. And then I'm going to invite you. Step two is to self-address it to yourself. Self-address it to yourself. Your name and your full address. Why? Because... After you turn in these cards today, we're going we're gonna to send them back to you later this year as a way to just affirm the commitment you made before the Lord. Here's a, th- here's a third step that's just optional. We invite you to take a photo of your commitment. And even if you wrote something on the better as possible wall, take a photo of that as well so that it is part of your remembrance And if you'd like, you can share it on social media. You don't have to, but you can share it on social media by tagging at Westover Hills. And then step four is to turn it in. We're believing that we can go beyond better. And as I close, I want to invite us to stand. We're stepping into a moment of worship. But I want us to pray together that God would awaken within us the belief that better is possible and that he would empower us through his spirit to do so. So I want to invite you to hold on to the card that's in your hand. And we're going to pray that God would turn those prayers into reality through our commitments. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray together. Jesus, we come to you in this moment. This is a commitment moment. This is a commitment weekend. Lord, you're wanting us to pray, listen, and obey. And Lord, I believe that if we do those three steps that you're gonna provide a wow. We're believing it for our family, for our life, for our marriage, for our future, for our business, for every area of our life, God. The the areas where we really need to see you move, where our faith is a little weak. God, you wanna empower us to believe that better is possible, that you can and will do it. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be a spiritual confidence that would come into the hearts of people, God, that they would have faith that you, who started a good work in their life, that you'll bring it to completion. That, God, they can go beyond better. I pray, Lord, that faith would arise within all of us, a faith that is rooted in you. Lord, empower us through your spirit. Empower us to collectively do your will so that we can see the immeasurably more that you have promised for us. Work in our life and through our life. Let love overflow. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.